Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Download the notes at kcm.org notes. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory broadcast. We're going to have a good time today in the name of Jesus. I can promise it to you. Father, we thank you for this broadcast today. We give you praise and worship. We thank you for sending Terry Law to us today, Lord, and for his, the blessing and, and the life that he has led in you and to, to hear him talk about how you have directed and led him. We are so pleased with it and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Terry, welcome, man. Thanks, Kenneth. Great to be oh, with you. Oh, you and I have known one another for 40 years now, and, and I've, I, I've never, ever ceased to be amazed at how God led you over the years into places. Now, well, thank you, Lord. <laughs> There's a difference, of course, in ministry anointings and, and the, the equipment. Yeah. The, the equipment uh, of an apostle or a prophet is different than the equipment of an evangelist. We're both anointed to the Spirit of God. Mm -hmm. But now you remember, there was a difference between what happened with Daniel in the lion's den and what happened, <laughs> what happened with Samson. Mm. There's two different anointings. Yeah. If Samson had been in that lion's den, he'd have killed every lion in there and tore their, <laughs> tore their mouths out, you know. <laughs> but it was the same spirit of God. Yeah, what yeah, I get yeah, yeah. Different anointing. Different anointing. And, and when I hear the anointing of a true evangelist, and the God's putting you in places where the word it, it never heard before. Now that's exactly what the mandate that God gave Oral Roberts, that his students would hear the voice of God and go to places where his voice was dim and hadn't been heard. And that happened to the both of us, but it happened in different channels. In different, in different ways. ways. Right. Amen. But we found out we could hear from God. That's right. And that's what started this whole thing. Yeah, now, is. let's go over here to the 16th chapter of John, Terry. I want to bring out something here. Now, listen to this very carefully because Jesus is saying something here that if, if you just kind of just to kind of just skip through this, you don't hear the, the awesome impact of this statement. This is not just a promise. This is Jesus declaring something from heaven that all his sheep have the right to. Mm -hmm. He just got through talking about his sheep know his voice. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's what he was talking about over here. He gets over here. Well, let's read it. 13th verse of the 16th chapter of John. How be it when he, the spirit of truth is come. He came on the day of Pentecost and he's in us and he's Amen. with us and he's for us and he's speaking to, to Amen. us. He will guide you into all truth 
for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. So Terry, he is speaking. He's speaking right now. He's talking to you right now. I don't care who you are. He will show you things to come. Hmm. The, The problem has been, Terry, not obeying Jesus when he said, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Put the kingdom first. Seek the plan first. He has a kingdom plan. He said, you pray God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now he intended for you to use your faith when you pray that and have it to manifest in your life. Mm -hmm. But now get this. He will glorify me. He will receive of mine and show it unto you. All things that the Father has are mine. Hmm. Therefore said I, now he's saying this twice. Mm -hmm. Therefore said I, he shall take of mine and show it unto you. Terry, that is, that, that, that just startles my mind Hmm. that he said, all, all that the Father has is mine. Yeah, everything. And He will take what's mine and show it unto you. It means everything to that us, means, directly everything. to us. We have access to everything God has yeah, and is. Absolutely. Now, and, and the, the thing that just, just really startled me is this. He is showing now. Hmm. The plan he has for you is readily available. Well, then why, why is it so difficult to get? Because it's hidden. It's not hidden from you. It's hidden from the devil and all of his, his bunch. God has it hidden for you so you can get in there with him. You can get the plan. The devil can't find out anything about it. That's right. Particularly if you keep your mouth shut. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And that's what's been happening to you. And that's what's been happening to me all this last 40 plus years that God's been leading us into these, these particular places. Now, let's get back in here. I, I want to hear more and more about uh, how that, I, I re, after reading your book, I, I was so convinced of this, that God put you in that place in the Soviet Union and and where and then in in uh, in Poland and these different places, and he's building a foundation and training you for what was to come, particularly including now. Mm-hmm. And he's he's building this. He's training you. You're a soldier in training. You're learning how to do these things, and you're walking it out in in some some very strange and dangerous places. Yeah. But Let's get on down the road a little bit there where, man, I mean, you really got into some situations that I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing about. I, I'm, I remember, Kenneth, uh, and I will jump forward. We were talking a bit of f- further past for me, but something that's very current within the last 10, 15 years was 9-11 and what happened to America on 9-11. Uh, we've all heard the saying, we'll never, the world will never be the same, and that's true. When 9-11 hit, uh, hit America, and all of us were horrified and watching our televisions, I don't remember any time 
in my lifetime that America was more united than it was with the, the horror of oh, what yeah. happened and the attack. And I was sitting at home for about, well, it'd be two weeks, three weeks later, watching because our president had said, Osama bin Laden did this, we're going to go get him. He's in Afghanistan. And they put an alliance of nations together to go and get him. And I was sitting watching television in my, in my house one afternoon, minding my own business, watching the news. And I noticed the, the widows and, and the orphans and the children fleeing from the fighting. And all of a sudden, I had, and I, again, don't know how to categorize it, but to say that all of a sudden, I had heard a saying somewhere, I don't know where this even came from. But the Spirit of the Lord said to me, do you want to curse the darkness or do you want to light a candle? And I was watching television and, and hearing this at the same time. And I said, Lord, and, and the Spirit of God went on and said, America is cursing the darkness, which they believe is Islam. Uh, what are you going to do about it? I said, Lord, I'd like to light a candle, but how would I do that? And the Spirit of the Lord inside of me said, well, get over there. I said, when? He said, now. Wow. So I, I walked in my office. I'm watching. This is two weeks after 9-11. I'm watching all of this on television. And I know I got to go. And I went into my office the next morning and said to my buddy Joel, Joel's been with me for 42 years. I said, Joel, we're going, uh, we're going to Afghanistan. He said, when? I said, now. Um... <laughs> he said, well, we don't have a plan. I said, the Holy Ghost will show us while we're, while we're on our way. We landed in uh, Islamabad, and Osama bin Laden's pictures were on 90% of the cabs at the airport. And I'm looking at this and saying, uh, you know, just, just after 9-11, and I said to my taxi driver, why are you having... Well, they said, we don't believe Osama bin Laden blew up the Trade Center Towers. I said, if he didn't, who did? They said, oh, that was done by the Israeli Mossad with the help of the CIA. You believe we blew up our own buildings, that the Israelis blew up our buildings? He said, yes, most people do over here. We, landed, we, we drove to a hotel called the Serena in Islamabad, and I had to find out where the action was. I had come searching God, not knowing where to do what but just to find where the war was and get there. So at the uh, hotel desk, I said, where's the war? They said, it's down near Quetta in Baluchistan, um, right on the borders of Afghanistan and Pakistan. So I said, book me a flight there tomorrow. Joel and I flew in uh, to a hotel in Quetta that was 50 miles. I, we, when we got off the airplane, we could hear the cannon. We could hear everything boom, boom, boom like this. When we got in the hotel, CNN and uh, the Voice of America was broadcasting war from the, the roof of the building. And when I got in there, uh, I knew I had to meet a man called Pete, Peter Kessler, who was the UN advisor uh, in, the, in the hotel. I said, I'm here to help. I want to get into the camps. I want to work with the refugees and the orphans and the widows. He said, you can't, we won't allow you out of the hotel. I said, why? He said, you're American. They find out who you are, they'll kill you. Well, I walked out of his office and saying, Lord, I, you called me over here. You told, you told me to come over here and light a candle. I, that, they won't let me out of the hotel. But as I was walking out of his office, I had a memory of uh, uh, someone in Tulsa who had a brother in, in uh, Pakistan. 
And I said to Joel, who was it? He said, it's Dr. Earls. I said, oh yeah, let's call her. So I called her. I said, uh, do you have a, a brother living here in Pakistan? She said, yes, he's living in Quetta. I'm in Quetta. <laughs> I'm in Quetta. And I said, you're kidding me. And she, I, I said, I need, I need help. She said, here's his phone number. So I called him up. It's a local call. And he comes to the hotel. He says, yeah, I can get you out of here. I'll get you to the refugee camps. So um, the next day, he, he brings his SUV over, and Joel and he and I drive to a camp. Well, Kenneth, when we drive into the camp, uh, there's, there's 19,000 people in this camp. It's called Kili Fazo. It was on the front page of Time magazine the week before. I was going. Time magazine showed, here's the, here's the war. I went to what I saw on Time magazine. So I was there a week later. And I talked to the, uh, the guy who was at the head of the camp, and I noticed he was making some marks on a blackboard. I said, what are those? He said, those are the children who died from, uh, from freezing here last night. I, I said, what? He said, and he told me again, it was getting down to 13 below centigrade, uh, which mm -hmm. is, is, is mm -hmm. very cold. And... Um, <clears throat> I said, well, we just came through a town in Pakistan. We saw blankets, we saw jackets, everything. I said, why? Well, they said, they don't care. These are Afghans and they don't care what happens. So I said, if I bring some trucks back full of clothes and stuff, will you let me do it? And he said, yeah. So we came back. Uh, the next day, we bought everything we could buy in the bazaars. We had nine trucks stacked so high it looked like they were gonna fall over. And we started putting jackets on those children, Kenneth. And, you know, they were coming and their noses were running and there were flies sitting in their eyes and, and their face and, mm -hmm. you know, absolute, absolute desperation. And we set up a little delivery system where we protected ourselves. The crowd themselves couldn't see what we had because we had the blankets and the jackets and we knew they'd stampede us. Oh, yeah. So we, 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 were, we were working out of that, that kind of a system and... Uh, uh, we started putting the jackets on the kids, and uh, the camp director came over to me and said, why would you do this? You're American, you're not a Muslim. Why would you do this? And I, I had a New Testament, always carried it with me, and I turned to Matthew 25. Jesus said, I was hungry, you fed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was in prison, you visited me. I said, we're doing this because Jesus loves your children. He said, you're doing that because Jesus... I said, yes. Well, it was a, a revelation to him. And uh, we ended up making such an impact in, in the same refugee camp that had been in, in Time magazine that uh, we were giving out stories of Jesus, we were giving the gospel, we were giving clothes and everything else. And it, uh, it, it started to, uh, to light a candle there. Uh, we began to follow up later on. We ended up in a camp called Mohammed Kyle, probably seven months later. Um, when we got to the camp, we were delivering a lot of goods. Uh, when we started into the camp, someone, one of our aid workers had put an American sign on the side of our truck saying, America, World Compassion. Big mistake, because everybody in the camp was hooked up with Al-Qaeda. And there were 90,000 people in this second camp. So mm -hmm. when we start in there, Kenneth, all of a sudden I hear smashing glass and stuff like this. 
and I t t told my driver to stop. I ran, and I saw some of our trucks. One guy came around the truck. His nose was broken, and there was uh, a shiny stuff in his hair, and I realized they'd taken the windshield out of his truck. They'd blown it, and they were stoning him. Uh, and then they started coming from everywhere, thousands. There were uh, 90,000 in the oh, camp, goodness. and they started coming at us. And I said uh, to the guy, guy with me, I said, any safety here? He said, yeah, there's a UN center up there. It's got nine foot walls. I said, head for there. This is, you know, if we don't get there, we're not gonna, this is gonna end up badly. Mm -hmm. So we headed for the camp. Uh, we were able to pull in. And Kenneth, when we drove into the camp and they slammed the doors shut, I was watching men coming over the wall with carrying rocks, uh, wanting to get at us. I mean, it was, it was fiendish. Uh, I, I remember my guy was sitting beside me uh, in the car. We'd just come through the gate, the doors shut, and all of a sudden a projectile came through the window and he shouts grenade. Uh, I can't tell you, tell you what you feel like when wow. something like that is said and you're in the backseat of this vehicle. Well, uh, the, the upshot of the story was we, uh, we were able to call in the army, the Pakistani army, they called, they, we, with a satellite phone, they came in and uh, they were able to, to get us out of there. But at the same time, we were able to leave nine truckloads of food, stories, Bible, uh, Bible stories of Jesus and all that behind us to, to minister in the camp. And then uh, our, our friend, uh, who was a pastor, a Pakistani pastor, came and, and helped all, gave out all the food. But he had a story that really impacted me. And he said, Terry, he said, last week I had a man come to my church. And he said he was, a, he was an Afghan from the refugee camps. And he asked me if I had a Bible. So he said, yes, I have a Bible. And he, he said, I gave the Bible to him. And he said, he came back a week later. And he said, what's, what's wrong here? Uh, and my friend David said, what do you mean? He said, every time I open this book, he said, I have this vision of a lamb sitting on a throne in front of millions of people, and the people are all giving praise to the, to the lamb on the throne. And he says, every time I open the book, that's what I see. He said, I close it and it goes away. But he said, when I open it up, there it is again. Praise he said, God. what in the world is going on here? And David said to him, hey, and he read to him from the book of Revelation, yeah. the fifth chapter, read, read the story to him. And the man is sitting there with tears running down his face and, and saying, God is talking to me from this book. Well, Kenneth, we're having this happen all through the Middle East in our ministry there. I imagine 90% of people who are coming to Jesus in the Middle East right now have a vision of Jesus or their angels appearing to them. I led a, a soldier to the Lord just a few days ago. Uh, who had a, a, an angel appear to him to save his life. So uh, one thing that I believe, and that is that if angels and God are appearing and Jesus are appearing in a certain area of the, of the world, then, then God has a plan for that part of the world. And God's about to do some things in that part of the world that nobody else believes can happen. And I, I, I want to sit here right now and I'll say it to you because I believe it with all my heart. There are 1.6 billion Muslims on our planet. 1.6 billion. They are the sons of Abraham. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, they are. Through Ishmael. Yes, they are. And I believe Jesus is coming soon. I believe it with all my heart. That's why I'm out there doing what I'm doing. But at the same time, I believe that God has a plan for Islam. God has a plan for the world so big that if any of us at this point had any idea of what's about to happen and break into the, the politics of our world, uh, I believe we're going to see a revival in Islam like we've never seen anywhere in the world. And it will, in my mind, be a part of ushering in the coming of the Lord. I believe that, Terry, with every fiber of my being. This is the moment That's right. that we've been coming to all this time. And if you look at it purely in the natural, it looks like that it's all going to end in disaster. It looks like the United States is done and over with. I don't believe that. I believe we're in the midst of the most outstanding, most magnificent outpouring that's ever happened and on it, it, this It's planet. coming so soon. It's coming so soon. If we had any idea, yeah, we should be getting ready we're for getting it. We're getting ready for it. Praise yeah. God. And the United States of America is about to experience a new birth. Amen. I'm talking about from the point like it was born in the first place, I had the Lord say to me, do you think that George Washington, John Adams, and Thomas Jefferson, uh, and Benjamin Franklin knew what this country was going to look like 50 years down the road? Mm. No. I mean, nobody had ever done it before. Mm. He said, you don't know what it's going to look like when I get through with it this time either because I'm about to cause it to be reborn. I don't think we're going back to heaven, Kenneth, like a bedraggled army with its tail between their legs. I believe we're going home victoriously. Absolutely. And I believe we're going home in the middle of a revival and it, it's coming and I, I want to be a part of it. Absolutely. That's why I'm over there doing what I'm oh, doing. Oh, absolutely. We're out of time. Oh, man. <laughs> Brother Terry and I will be back in just a moment. We hope you enjoyed this teaching from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Download the notes at kcm.org slash notes.